The opinions expressed in the following episode do not necessarily reflect those of the Minds of Madness podcast. Listener discretion is advised. In October 2011, Chinese national 42-year-old Li Ping Chao suddenly vanished in Queensland, Australia, seemingly without a trace. It would take nine whole days for friends to finally report her missing, all of whom couldn't help but wonder why the most important person in her life hadn't reported her missing earlier, Li Ping's husband. Join me now as we take a look into the mysterious disappearance of Li Ping Chao. You'll hear the bizarre tale of a couple from two totally different worlds who found love online and ventured into a marriage based on suspicion and deceit, ending in the most gruesome way imaginable. The tropical city of Cairns, Australia, sits on the country's far northeastern coast, billing itself as the gateway to the Great Barrier Reef. It's a popular destination for tourists looking to experience one of the seven wonders of the world. Located in Australia's far northeast, Cairns sits at the same latitude as parts of the Amazon rainforest. Its tropical climate provides the perfect environment for some of the most dangerous animals in the world the oceans filled with sharks and deadly box jellyfish, while massive saltwater crocodiles lurk beneath the surface of estuaries and inland waterways. However, despite the deadliness of these animals, there's another animal that proves to be far more deadly year after year. Humans. In 2011, the suburb of Brinsmaid in Cairns, Australia, was home to Li Ping Chao and her husband Klaus Andres. The uniquely matched couple was the end result of an online romance that began in 2005. Barely a year later, the relationship graduated from the internet to the real world, with Li Ping flying across the ocean from China to be with Klaus in Australia. Just six weeks later, the couple were married allowing Li Ping to stay in Australia beyond the limits of her tourist visa. Whenever Li Ping and Klaus walked the streets of Cairns, it wasn't uncommon for people to take notice of the couple, even staring from time to time, with many people wondering how a woman like Li Ping could be with a man like Klaus. Li Ping was an attractive 42-year-old woman who could have easily passed for a 30-year-old. Klaus, on the other hand, wasn't quite as appealing. On the cusp of his 70s, the German national's weathered appearance actually made him look much older, further exacerbating the obvious age difference between the couple. Five years into their marriage, Klaus still loved being seen in public with Li Ping by his side because he couldn't get enough of the attention. But over the past year, 
The couple's relationship had been going downhill, something their neighbors had become all too aware of. At least two or three times a week, sometimes more, it was impossible not to overhear the couple erupting into heated arguments, shouting back and forth at the top of their lungs. Their conflicts almost always over money. But during the first week of November 2011, neighbors noticed something was different. It was quieter, with arguments no longer being heard from Li Ping and Klaus's home. It didn't take long for neighbors to figure out why. Li Ping was gone, leaving Klaus with no one to yell at. However, this wasn't entirely unusual, because it wasn't the first time Li Ping packed up her things and left. In fact, it had happened twice before, but she'd always come back, eventually. Despite only living in Cairns for a few years, Li Ping had managed to cultivate very strong relationships with some of the other Chinese women in town. Because of those friendships, Li Ping had plenty of options for places she could stay. To neighbors of Klaus and Li Ping, it was more than reasonable to assume she'd simply left again to stay with one of those same friends. But she hadn't. That became clear when over the coming days, several of Li Ping's friends showed up on Klaus's doorstep, asking where Li Ping was. If her friends didn't know where she was, where could she possibly be? Klaus's answer was that she packed up her things and flown back to China. But when they asked what day she'd left, he told them it was none of their business. It was obvious to everyone, Klaus wasn't bothered by Li Ping's absence. He just wanted to be left alone. And so Klaus carried on with his daily life, tending to his immaculate garden, another thing Klaus was extremely proud of. But as pristine as his garden always was, neighbors began to notice a few patches of grass in the front lawn that had completely died. However, within a week, Klaus had patched up the lawn with brand new sod. At the same time, one neighbor saw Klaus hosing out the inside of his outdoor trash bin, as well as spraying down the storm drain gutters on the road in front of his house. Klaus's property had never looked so perfect. As Klaus carried on without a care in the world, Li Ping's friends grew increasingly concerned. Although Li Ping was gone, mysteriously, a few of them had gotten calls from her cell phone, but each time they tried calling her back, they got no answer. On November 9th, Li Ping's friend finally made the decision to head to the police station to report her missing. The first thing police took note of was how abnormal it was that a woman's friends were reporting her disappearance instead of her husband especially since it had been nine days ago. Not only was it abnormal for a husband to show such a little concern for his wife's whereabouts or well-being, it was highly suspicious. The obvious place for police to begin their search for Li Ping was with Klaus himself, and so police drove out to his place later that same day. When police arrived at Klaus's residence, it was hard not to notice that Klaus was a walking stereotype of the famous German proverb, Ordnungmiss sein, there must be order. Everything about the man and his home was organized, clean and extremely tidy. He was well-groomed, well-dressed, 
and his home even smelled clean, eerily clean, as a faint clinical odor permeated throughout the house. It was also noticed that Li Ping's half of the bedroom closet was completely cleared out, along with the rest of her personal belongings from the rest of the house. Klaus's explanation for Li Ping's disappearance was simple. On October 31st, he went to a doctor's appointment. When he came back, Li Ping was gone, taking all of her possessions with her. He said he hadn't seen or heard from her since. Investigators knew they needed to start by learning as much as they could about Li Ping and her husband Klaus, who by now seemed more irritated than worried about her status as a missing person. Klaus Andres was born in Germany in the middle of World War II, just a month after the Nazis were defeated at the Battle of Stalingrad in 1943. At 24, Klaus married the love of his life, a German woman named Monica, and within a year, they would welcome their son, Ralph. Fourteen years later in 1982, the family immigrated to Australia in hopes of pursuing a better life. Over the next two decades, the family moved multiple times to different cities, with Klaus holding down several jobs, usually working in warehousing and logistics. Sadly, not long after settling in Cairns, Monica passed away in 2005 after battling cancer, leaving Klaus devastated. They'd been married for 38 years. A small shrine in memory of the loving mother and devoted wife was set up in Klaus's home, an urn containing her ashes. However, in the midst of Klaus's grief, he didn't wait long before looking for love again. Perhaps knowing he could never replace Monica as a companion, Klaus focused his attention on an entirely different demographic, young Asian women seeking marriage to Western men. Sure enough, after setting up an online dating profile, he met Li Ping Chao. It was the kind of relationship only possible in the 21st century. While Klaus was born in Hitler's Germany, Li Ping was born in Mao's China in 1969, at the height of the Communist Party's Cultural Revolution. And perhaps for not entirely dissimilar reasons, Li Ping, like Klaus, looked for a way to leave her country and seek citizenship abroad. Li Ping lived in the city of Dalian in China's far northeast, a city with a population of nearly 7 million residents. Over the course of nine months, Klaus flew to visit Li Ping five times, growing closer and closer each time they met. And although the two could barely speak the same language, there seemed to be chemistry between them. And by October 2006, the couple were married. Although there were extreme cultural, age, and language barriers between the two, those who knew the unlikely couple claimed they genuinely seemed to be in love at least in those early days. But their blossoming romance wasn't the only reason the couple married so quickly. It was also a strategic move that would allow Li Ping to remain in Australia after her visitor's visa expired. 
Much like many of the concerns raised by family and friends of couples pursuing love on TLC's reality TV show, 90 Day Fiancé, one of Klaus's friends worried about Li Ping's true motivations behind marrying Klaus. In fact, just days leading up to the couple's wedding day, Klaus had an ominous conversation with one of his oldest friends from Sydney, who raised the concern that Li Ping might only want to establish Australian residency for the purpose of bringing more of her family over to Australia. Although Li Ping did have a 13-year-old son, her ex-husband had custody of him at the time. Klaus refused to believe she'd ever do such a thing. As a precaution, he decided to ask his lawyer to draw up a prenuptial agreement, as well as drafting up a new will. The prenup stated that Li Ping would only be entitled to 5% of his assets in the event of a divorce. The will, on the other hand, entitled everything to Li Ping in the event of his death. It seemed as though Klaus was placing bets on both sides of the table. When Li Ping was granted her permanent Australia visa in 2009, her immigration officer stated she and Klaus were madly in love. And there's very little to dispute claims the couple were both romantic and happy. Among friends, Klaus praised his new wife and was thankful she allowed him to keep the urn of his first wife's ashes in the house. As a way to bridge the connection between the two loves of his life, Klaus gave Li Ping the diamond ring that had once belonged to Monica. After getting her permanent visa, Li Ping was now eligible to begin working and became employed at a Chinese restaurant. As well, she was now able to start receiving payments from the government as Klaus's caregiver, after he suffered from a lower back injury and was entitled to government funding. In addition to working at the restaurant, the extra caregiver payments allowed Li Ping to make more than her husband, a senior citizen who was only receiving a monthly pension. And then, in 2010, everything changed. It all started when Li Ping surprised Klaus by saying she needed to head to the airport the following day. When Klaus asked why, she told him that her son, now 17, was flying in from China and would be staying with them. It was the first time Klaus had heard of the plan, and now on top of that, Li Ping and the boy's father agreed to place her son into her custody. But instead of bringing her son back home with her like she told Klaus she'd do, she took him to one of her friend's homes, then a few days later, came by the house to pack up all of her things. Before long, Klaus discovers something else. Li Ping was now attempting to sponsor her son for a permanent visa, using Klaus's financial security through their marriage as a vital part of the application. Understandably, Klaus felt betrayed and he began questioning his entire relationship with Li Ping. Had his friend in Sydney who warned him against the marriage been right all along? Not wanting to wait to see what other secretive plans Li Ping was concocting, Klaus began making secretive plans of his own. That's when he called up his lawyer, requesting to place his home into a family trust, preventing his wife from having any claims on it in the event of a divorce. He also changed his will, 
removing Li Ping as his beneficiary, replacing her with his only grandson, the infant child of his son Ralph. As the once happy marriage began developing into a passive-aggressive cold war, Klaus started seeking out relationships with other women, using classified ads in the newspaper. However, after a few months, it seemed as though the couple were back on the mend, with Li Ping eventually moving back in with Klaus. In October 2010, Klaus and Li Ping even flew her son back to China, seemingly putting the entire issue behind them. During the trip, Li Ping had extensive dental surgery performed and was fitted with four porcelain replacement teeth. But after the couple returned back to Australia, the marriage appeared to crumble again. Over the next year, Li Ping threatened to move out several times, even packing up all of her things on two separate occasions. As both filled out divorce applications, they never filed. Klaus went so far to offer Li Ping $50,000 to walk away from the marriage, ostensibly more than their prenup would ever entitle her to in the event of their divorce. In July 2011, Li Ping left Klaus again, returning solo to China. While she was away, Li Ping had more extensive dental work done this time receiving an additional six porcelain teeth. In September, Li Ping returned to Australia to move back in with Klaus, but it was clear to the both of them their marriage was over. They were a separated couple, now living under the same roof. And then, in late October, Li Ping disappeared altogether. The officer who first spoke to Klaus when Li Ping was first reported missing listened as he explained his unique situation. A husband who wasn't entirely concerned or upset that his wife had up and vanished. Five days later on November 14th, Klaus was asked if he'd be willing to go on TV and make a public appeal for any information regarding his wife's disappearance. Detective Inspector Bruno Asnikar sat by Klaus's side as they spoke to the media. We're conducting a missing persons investigation at the moment here in Cairns, and, and the investigation is centred around a 42-year-old Chinese national, Mr. Klaus's wife, Li Ping Chow. The last time she was seen was in the Brinsmead area, and that was on the 31st. As Klaus began talking, jaws began dropping. It's safe to say, Klaus's performance in front of the cameras was truly one of a kind. Before cameras were rolling, Klaus joked with the journalists, asking them to make sure they got his good side. As the footage went live, Klaus was all smiles, so much so, he needed to be reminded by the reporters they were there to talk about Li Ping. My name is Klaus Andres, uh, Andres A-N-D-R-E-S. I'm a German-born, living in Australia since uh, 29 years. And what else can I tell you? And you're uh, Lipping's... Ah, sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Lipping's uh, uh, husband, yes. It didn't take long for Klaus to begin airing his and Li Ping's dirty laundry, 
basically throwing his wife under the bus, blaming her disappearance on her temperament and stubbornness. She has a very eccentric temperament. She has uh, a rebellious uh, uh, attitude. And she is not prepared to negotiate. Uh, she wants what she wants. Five, six times she tried to move, but I stopped her. And uh, she moved directly out two times already before. When asked what efforts he'd made to contact her, Klaus said he'd tried calling her cell phone two or three times. At one point, a bewildered reporter asked Klaus if Li Ping would be invited back into his home if she happened to see the press conference. Seeing as Klaus didn't seem very broken up about missing his wife. She can come home to me and I'm open, I'm, I'm, I'm friendly to her. But I would seriously talk to her and say, look, live your life unless you know what the act of marriage is. As the conference continued, Klaus threw out the suggestion that Li Ping may have run off with a mysterious man from Melbourne she'd met on her last flight home from China. And it only got more bizarre from there. And, um, and is this a photo of her here? This is the photo of Li Ping. And Li Ping is a very, 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 very nice looking lady, as you can see. And I was glad to have, with my age, such a young, nice lady. She is a very clean lady. The only thing what this lady is, eccentric, rebellious. My marriage was never really a marriage. What Klaus and reporters didn't know was that while the press conference was happening, detectives were already hip-deep investigating a solid lead. In fact, they already had their prime suspect, Klaus. Just a few days into their investigation, detectives discovered activity on Li Ping's credit card used at a local hardware store. While going over CCTV footage, detectives watched as Klaus strolled into the store and made a beeline for the hydrochloric acid. Purchasing 20 liters on the exact same day Li Ping disappeared, returning a few days later to buy 40 more liters. Detectives then recalled what seemed like a small detail at the time they were interviewing Klaus's neighbors. One of them had seen Klaus seven days after Li Ping went missing, washing out the inside of his outdoor trash can. What came out looked like some sort of minced substance along with white foam. They now had a twisted, gut-churning theory of what had become of Li Ping. 60 liters of acid, seven days, then a minced substance being washed down a storm drain. It was looking like Klaus had dissolved his wife in acid. At the time of the investigation, Breaking Bad was becoming one of the most popular shows on television. And what they now believed happened to Li Ping was eerily similar to the show's now infamous second episode, where the main characters used acid to dissolve a body in a bathtub. But there was one major difference. In the show, they used hydrofluoric acid. Klaus, on the other hand, had purchased hydrochloric acid. But was it even possible to dissolve a human body in hydrochloric acid? Nobody knew. So detectives conducted a test by placing two pig carcasses into separate barrels, 
each containing 60 liters of hydrochloric acid. They then wait seven days to see if the pigs dissolved completely. The same amount of time between Li Ping's disappearance and when Klaus was seen washing out his bin. While they waited for the results, they kept Klaus busy with the infamous TV press conference. Besides simply stalling for time, the other benefit to the conference was Klaus locking himself into a timeline and other important details, basically giving him enough rope to hang himself. After waiting seven days, detectives opened up the barrels. Inside the first barrel, half of the carcass still remained undissolved. But there was a reason they'd used two barrels for the experiment. Because the second barrel was stirred each day by an unfortunate officer assigned to the task. Inside the second barrel, there was no carcass, only 300 grams of slushy tissue and bone, just over half a pound of minced substance, meaning it was entirely possible Klaus had done the unimaginable. On November 20th, detectives made their move and asked Klaus to meet them at the station for a formal interview. Meanwhile, a team of detectives and forensic experts descended onto Klaus's property. Philip Wood, a resident who lived just down the street from all the chaos, had a front row seat when police stormed the area. I mean, they closed off the street. Obviously, the forensics were in there and they had the little disposable overalls on and masks and gloves and all that sort of stuff. And they were climbing down into the drains and digging up bags of bags of dirt and whatever else was in there. They actually cut um, sections of the, the asphalt out of the road and, and took them away, and that for testing as well. The street opened up after about three or four days, but the house was still taped off for a while. After removing several truckloads of debris from the storm drains, the forensics team discovered something. 10 porcelain teeth. A forensic odontologist would later determine not only were they porcelain teeth that could be traced back to China, they could also be traced to Li Ping. Immediately after his interview, Klaus was arrested, and over the next few weeks, a mountain of evidence came pouring in supporting the detective's case. Detectives discovered a copy of a letter from Centerlink, the agency in charge of Li Ping's caregiver payments, a letter filed after Li Ping's death. It contained her forged signature, requesting her payments to be deposited directly into Klaus's bank account. They also found Li Ping's missing cell phone, hidden in Monica's urn, buried among her ashes. There was now zero doubt who'd been making the mysterious phone calls using Li Ping's phone. As the investigation continued, Klaus's computers were seized, bringing to light another important piece to the puzzle, a motive. During Li Ping's final visit to China, Klaus was introduced to a 35-year-old Thai woman named Da at the Reef Hotel Casino, and over the next several weeks, they began having an affair. Even after Da returned back to Thailand, Klaus and Da continued the romance online, sending dozens of love letters to each other. 
When detectives gained access to Klaus's computer and read those emails, the contents started to paint a dark picture of a man who'd become so obsessed with his new love interest that he might be willing to do whatever he needed to do to get rid of his wife. Klaus referred to Li Ping in the emails as a problem, a problem he promised Da he'd try to fix. With all the evidence against Klaus, he eventually decided to plead guilty, but not to murder, only dissolving his wife in acid. At his trial in 2013, Klaus claimed Li Ping's death was nothing more than a tragic accident. According to him, Li Ping had caught him sending an email to Da on October 28th and became suspicious he was having an affair. Two days later, while Klaus was making dinner, he said Li Ping confronted him. While arguing, Klaus said Li Ping became violent and swung at him, scratching his face, then picked up a fork and stabbed him twice in the right hand. After being stabbed, Klaus claimed he pushed Li Ping away and then walked over to the sink to wash the blood off of his hand when he said he suddenly heard a thud. It was Li Ping. She'd apparently slipped on some spilled salad dressing and fell to the floor, but she wasn't moving. Klaus said he then bent over to see if she was okay and noticed blood coming out of her ear. When Klaus was asked why he didn't call triple zero for emergency assistance, he explained that after he checked for a pulse and realized Li Ping was dead, there was really no point. No one could help her anyway. He said he was also scared. No one would believe his story, so he decided to make her disappear entirely. The question for the jury had never really been whether or not to believe Klaus's version of events, because they didn't. The question was whether or not there was any real evidence to prove he'd actually murdered Li Ping, because there was no body and no concrete theory as to how she died. Of course, the only reason none of this evidence existed was because it had been dissolved in a trash bin and washed down a storm drain. The jury was also allowed to consider Klaus's actions after her death, the way he casually went about his days without a care in the world, while still stirring a bin full of acid each day making sure the evidence disappeared forever. Ultimately, the totality of the prosecution's evidence against Klaus convinced the jury Li Ping's death had been premeditated, and in the end, it only took them two days to deliberate. Klaus was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. To this day, Klaus continues to deny murdering Li Ping and is actively seeking parole. Knowing how Li Ping's body was discarded is chilling, but there is also another detail that is likely to haunt those who knew and loved Li Ping most. It's the policy of the Queensland Parole Board to not make public the results of parole hearings. That means if Klaus is ever granted parole, and walks out of prison, no one will ever know. 
earlier this year in May 2021, Klaus filed his first application for early parole. The status of his application remains unknown. Minds of Madness can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and all other podcast platforms. Ad-free episodes of this show are available on Stitcher Premium. If you would like to support this show and get some extra perks, including extra content, early release, and ad-free episodes, go to patreon.com slash madnesspod. You can find our website by going to mindsofmadnesspodcast.com. To find us on Facebook and Instagram, search The Minds of Madness. And on Twitter, using the handle at MadnessPod. And finally, the closing track, Feel the Madness, is provided by The Funkors. You can find them at the record label's website by going to goldenerrorecords.com.au slash G E madness. I can feel the madness. Someone's standing at my door. I hope they can't get in cuz I'm not prepared to run. I can feel the madness. Someone's standing at my door. I hope they can't get in cuz I'm not prepared to run.